The following program is a presentation of Grand Slam Ministries. Hi again, everybody. Welcome to the Dan Scott Show. As you just heard, and as always presented by our 501c3 nonprofit organization, Grand Slam Ministries, I am Dan, and welcome to the final show of 2023, our 52nd episode, wrapping up one full year of episodes of the Dan Scott Show. And boy, you go all the way back to January the 8th when we started this, just praying and having faith we were going to get here, but wondering sometimes if if that was going to be the case. And yet here we are and looking forward to getting into year two starting next week. Uh, next week will be obviously the official one-year anniversary of the show as we start our 53rd episode. And we'll talk a little bit about where we began where we are and our vision as to where we want to go, not only with the show, but with Grand Slam Ministries and our core missions. We'll spend some time on that next week. What I hope that you've been able to do in the past week, coming off of Christmas last weekend, and now here on the weekend of New Year's Eve, is you've been able to kind of refresh your mind, your body, and your soul a little bit. You've been able to recalibrate to a certain extent, take some time, and just enjoy family, enjoy friends, enjoy the season, and more than anything, spending some time really focusing in on the birth of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and what that means for us, what it meant then, what it means now. And as I've heard it preached seemingly more and more of late, and I believe this is 100% true, you can't have the cradle without the cross. Jesus was born to be the ultimate sacrifice for us. So I hope you've taken some time to contemplate that and refresh yourself mentally as well as physically this week. On the program today, I can't think of a, a better way to close things out than to share my testimony. Some of you have heard this before. You've not heard the version of it that I'm going to share. We got into it in a little bit of a different way this time. But uh, many of you have not heard it, and I, I want to close out 2023 again just sharing what God has done in my life and the remarkable change that he made in my life going back to June 10th of 2012. So we'll set that up when we come back. As always, I want you to hear something first about Grand Slam Ministries, and then we'll get into this final show of 2023 in just a moment. Is there someone in your life who has been a spiritual mentor? An influence so great that you'd love to find a way to honor them? For a gift of $200 or more to Grand Slam Ministries, you can dedicate a segment of the Dan Scott Show to that very special person. Honor someone who is currently in your life or remember the legacy of a loved one who has passed. Make your gift online at grandslamministries.org and we will send you an information form which will allow you to tell us all about this special person, how and why they were a spiritual influence, their favorite Bible verses, and anything else that you would like to share. In doing so, you'll be covering our cost of one week's production, helping ensure the Dan Scott Show stays on air and continues to share stories of loved ones like yours. In addition, you'll get your own copy of the program in which your loved one's story airs, either by MP3 or CD. Help the legacy of your spiritual mentor reach others with your gift of $200 or more today. Do so online at grandslamministries.org. That's grandslamministries.org. Like what you hear? Have a question or comment? Maybe a guest suggestion? Drop us an email and let us know. Dan at danscottshow.org. And now... Back to the Dan Scott Show, presented by Grand Slam Ministries. 
52nd and final episode of the Dan Scott Show for 2023. Wrapping up the first full year of what is still a brand new venture. I am Dan Scott. Good to have you with us. As we get back into play, I will do what I always do at this time, and that's remind you that uh, if you have missed any of our previous shows or there's something you want to hear again, something perhaps you want to share with somebody, just head to the website, danscottshow.org, go to the Affiliates and Archives page, and there you can find the archive uh, via the podcast of everything that we've done, beginning with last week's uh, interview with Richard Blackaby and going all the way back to episode one that aired back on January the 8th. There's also some bonus content on there via my SoundCloud. And as always at the website, you can find stations where the show is airing live on uh, Saturdays and Sundays, including the start times, uh, internet options for you for all of those stations and uh, just encourage you to go check that out, danscottshow.org. Well, as I mentioned, I wanted to close out 2023 by sharing my testimony again. And um, you've heard it, if you've been with us from the very beginning, two or three times over the course of the year. Uh, The version you're going to hear this time, though, is a little bit different, at least the way that we get into it. Uh, And there's no talk about Grand Slam Ministries in this version of it. This is from a talk I gave at Hopewell Baptist Church in Seneca, South Carolina, back in early May of this year. And the week prior to that, I had spoken at a Celebrate Recovery meeting at a local church here in the upstate of South Carolina, and that is a a, a biblically-based drug and alcohol rehab program that many, many churches are using and having a great deal of success with. So what I wanted to do in that meeting and subsequently decided to use that version uh, at, at this talk at Hopewell is just remind people that no matter how bad you think you've been, there's nothing you can do to clean up your own life, and there's nothing that you have done that can keep you from the forgiveness of Jesus Christ if you'll ask for it. So here is my talk at Hopewell Baptist Church. I hope you'll enjoy it. It's a privilege to be here tonight. Um, I had the privilege of speaking at Davidson Street Baptist Church down in Clinton earlier this morning. And uh, we're two for two. Both services, people came to the altar to pray. It's something we don't do a lot in our churches anymore. And I, I think maybe it's something we're missing, if I can editorialize just a little bit. It is great to be here tonight. I appreciate the uh, opportunity, although... Um, I'm not sure that Jeff's confidence in me is going to work out well for you because he's turning the pulpit over to somebody who's accustomed to talking three hours at a time. So I hope you're not planning on going anywhere anytime soon. It reminds me of a story that Billy Graham used to tell quite often about a guy who was asked to speak at a conference and he was told he'd have 20 minutes. So conference came, he starts speaking 20 minutes comes and goes, 30 minutes comes and goes, 45 minutes comes and goes, an hour. People are starting to get agitated because there are other speakers. Gets to an hour and a half and he's showing no signs of slowing down. And finally the moderator can't take it anymore. He's sitting back behind him and he grabbed the gavel and he fired it at the back of the guy's head as hard as he could. But he missed and he hit a lady sitting in the front row. You can tell it was a Baptist church because somebody was sitting in the front row. There wasn't a Baptist church, excuse me, because somebody was sitting in the front row. Right between the eyes. Later out, she's laying in the floor, bleeding, flat on her back, staring at the ceiling. They rush to her, cradle her head. Sister, are you okay? And the first words out of her mouth were, I can still hear him. Hit me again. <laughs> so hopefully nobody's hitting anybody here tonight. Um... Pastor Jeff pretty much told you who I am, what I've been doing, what I was doing. Uh, I, I will say this. A week ago tonight, I was blessed to be part of a crusade that took place in Liberty for four nights. And the results of the Go Tell America crusade with, with Rick Gage were just amazing. He spoke on the first and last night and had two other preachers 
speaking on the middle nights, 294 decisions of which 112 were salvations, first time decisions for Christ. And then come to find out that one of the churches that was involved in it reported two more salvations today. So there was a host of rededications, 112 first time decisions for Christ. God was moving. I'm just going to be perfectly honest with you. At one point, I found myself lying face down on the football field, just crying out to God. And we just believe that this is the beginning of a fire that's being lit here in the upstate. So continue to pray for the churches that were involved, for the crusade team, and especially for those who have made a first-time decision for Christ. Because many of them, almost half of them, came on the final night of the crusade, which was dedicated to young people. Most of those were were middle school and high schoolers. So we know the challenge they've got ahead of them. So be in prayer for them. I am excited and humbled to have the opportunity to speak to you here this evening. And and my prayer simply is that as I share what God's put on my heart over these next few minutes, that the Holy Spirit will move and you'll hear the still small voice of Jesus and that he will be glorified. I I, I do want to say before I forget, um, the men's choir, outstanding. Ladies, you have no idea how difficult that is for some men to get up here and sing like that. You should be applauding right now, by the way, ladies. And, and then, Jeff, I couldn't help but notice when we sang the first song and he said women only sing, they showed off. Sang in harmony and everything. They had to put us to shame. But we enjoyed it. It was fantastic. And as a guy who has an affinity for big band and swing music, to see somebody playing the stand-up bass, and he's a young guy. Phenomenal. My intention earlier this week was to do the same version of my testimony that I gave down in Clinton this morning, which also includes uh, a bit about Grand Slam Ministries, the the 501c nonprofit that uh, God has led me into, which is where the radio show comes from. But Tuesday night, I spoke at a Celebrate Recovery meeting at Trinity Wesleyan in Central. And as I walked out of the building that night, God just, I couldn't escape the feeling that I got that he said, you're going to give that same message at Hopewell on Sunday night. So that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to be obedient. I'll answer any questions about Grand Slam Ministries and how you can support us after the service is over. And I hope you'll ask because we need your support. But somebody in this crowd here tonight needs to hear what I'm going to say. And I don't know if it's for you personally or for a friend or a family member. I don't know if it's someone who's unsaved and is going through a struggle right now or if it's someone who is saved and is going through a struggle right now. But God knows. So I'm going to share what He has laid on my heart. The one thing I'm not going to do if you are struggling with something tonight is patronize you, whoever you are, by standing up here and trying to convince you that, that I know what you're going through, what those struggles are. I don't, and I would never, ever insult anybody by trying to pretend that I do. What I am going to do for the next little bit is share my testimony, share how God took me from a broken shell of a man on the verge of losing everything and everyone that he loved and brought me to a new life in Jesus Christ. And I pray that in doing that, bearing my soul here in front of all of you this evening, that God will use that to speak to somebody here tonight. And what I want to talk to you about is dealing with the past. When it comes to our past, we have two choices. We can let our past define us and not just bring us down, Pastor Jeff, but keep us down. Or we can give that past to Jesus and turn our lives over to him And watch him work, man. Watch him turn that mess into a message. And those trials into our testimony. And if anybody knew about past sins being forgiven, it was David. His greatest failure, as most of you know, I'm sure, was lusting after Bathsheba, another man's wife. But it also stands as one of the greatest examples of God's forgiveness. 
Not only did David have an illicit affair with Bathsheba, but ultimately that sin led to a child being born out of wedlock and eventually the murder of Bathsheba's husband. And if you know the story, David kept all of this, tried to cover it up and, and, and tried to fight through it himself for about a year and was miserable because he was out of fellowship with God. But then God sent the prophet Nathan to confront David about his sin. And if you know the story, Nathan told David a story about a man who had everything that he wanted and about another man who had virtually nothing. And the man who had everything took the only thing that really mattered to that poor man. And David was enraged and said, whoever that man is needs to be punished. And I'm, this is just my imagination now. Nathan points a crooked finger in his face and he said, you are the man. Which, by the way, could have gotten Nathan killed. But he was on a mission from God. David finally confessed his sins. God forgave him. The relationship, of course, was maybe not quite the same. And David's family would be in conflict for pretty much the rest of his life. But his sins were forgiven. And in the 103rd Psalm... David praised the God of heaven for that forgiveness. Verse 2, he said, Bless the Lord, O my soul. Somebody should write a song using that as a lyric, shouldn't they? Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your iniquity, who heals all your diseases. And then in verses 11 and 12, he said, For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his steadfast love toward those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far does he remove our transgressions from us. Men and women, I'm here to tell you tonight that one of Satan's favorite tricks is to bring up the guilt of the past. Though the Bible tells us that God can't remember our sins, he has the ability to forget. The devil constantly reminds us of our failures. And it's a strategy that took me a long time to realize. Uh, I grew up in a Christian home. My dad has been pastoring and preaching for over 50 years, 75 years old, and he's still going. And in fact, I always use the old preacher's son joke. I had a drug problem growing up, Jeff. Every time the doors were open and up the church, I was drug inside. <laughs> hey, you believe it? There's some people who've never heard that before. I had the proper upbringing, I knew right from wrong, saw firsthand what a Christian marriage was supposed to be, and yet, men and women, in my own marriage, as a husband and father, I was a failure over and over and over again. Sin ruled, and it almost ruined my life. There were circumstances that happened when I was young that that festered in me and and affected me in ways that I never really imagined and, and never dealt with until adulthood, but I was sexually abused by a group of older boys when I was around seven or eight years old. They lived in the coal camp area where my grandmother lived, and it happened over an extended period of time until one man found out about it and spoke up and put an end to it. And I didn't realize that then, as I said, it had a lot of effects on me. One was it warped my view of sex, but the other one that I dealt with all through school was massive insecurity all through middle school, all through high school and into my early adulthood. And and even today, it surprises people because of my job and and doing things like this. It it still crops up from time to time. And I think it's I don't think I know it's one of Satan's tricks. But thankfully, we have a God who is the strength that we don't have. Can I get a witness? For much of the first 22 years of my marriage, I was living a double life. I had developed dual personalities. My favorite television show growing up was MASH. Any MASH fans in the house? I became like Hawkeye Pierce. Wisecracking, practical joking, keeping the public persona out here. So nobody could see what was going on in here. Out here was Dan Scott. 
And as long as people saw him, nobody saw Daniel. And Jeff talked about being on the air at the Clemson station. I did a daily talk show there for 11 years, three hours a day. And we did a lot of great work during that time. A lot of fundraising. We impacted the community in so many ways. Literally raised hundreds of thousands of dollars for charities and families and Christmas projects. And your sister-in-law was a big part of that. Karen Trammell was kind of my go-to person when it came to A, finding families to help. And then she was right there in the trenches with us every year, man. But while all of that was going on, hosting the show, doing Clemson baseball and letting my ego run away with me there. It's funny when people start telling you you're good at something, it doesn't take you too long to start to start thinking, hey, they're right. While all of that was going on publicly behind the scenes, Daniel was chasing money. Money was a god. I made it the best four or five years, close to $90,000 a year. And most months we couldn't make the house payment because I was wasting it, looking for something to fill that emptiness inside here. I was drinking way too much. It's not a joking matter, but I used to joke that I got to the point that I was spelling drink with a U instead of an I. I was falling deeper and deeper into a pornography addiction, which is my biggest struggle then. And it's one of those things that once you get going, there's no going back. It gets worse and worse and worse and worse. Sad to say, but it's part of my story. I was cheating on my wife, Angela, physically and emotionally. I had small town celebrity status because of the radio show and the Clemson baseball. And believe me when I tell you that I used it to my advantage every chance I got. Back in late November, I was preparing to speak at a, another church. And my Bible reading that morning had me in the book of Jude. Now, I'm not going to test you and ask you how many chapters in the book of Jude. But that morning, I came across Jude 1.16. And for somebody who has made his living with words his entire adult life, radio, and for 11 years I was a sports editor and sports writer. Three of those years were right here in Seneca. The Bible had the best description of the person I was. In Jude 1.16. This is from the New King James Version. It says these are grumblers. Complainers. Walking according to their own lusts. And they mouth great swelling words. Flattering people to gain advantage. That was me. To the outside world. I was a great husband and father. Upstanding member of the community. But see they couldn't see what was going on in here. They couldn't see that Angela and I were not communicating. They couldn't see that I wasn't modeling what a Christian father looked like to my two daughters because I couldn't. And they couldn't see the nights that I just lay in bed crying, trying to find a way out of the mess that I had made of my life. But you know what's interesting, men and women? The Bible's always right, isn't it? Amen. Proverbs 22.6 says, train up a child in the way he should go. And when he gets older, he will not depart from it. All of that time, day after day, week after week, month after month, year after year, I knew I was wrong. I knew I needed Christ in my life. And I knew I needed to change. But see, we have a formidable foe in Satan. And this ain't his first rodeo. And I've never been privileged to hear Pastor Jeff speak. So I don't know how it is in this church, but I know in a lot of churches, we don't even say Satan's name anymore. But he's real. He's powerful. And he wants to take everybody he can to hell with him because that's where he knows his future is. 
And the illustration I like to use is that he'll keep giving you rope. Because the Bible says there's pleasure in sin for a season. And he'll keep giving you rope. Hey, Dan, you want to go drink? Here's some rope. Go ahead. You want to look at something on the computer you shouldn't be looking at? Go right ahead. You want to mess with another man's wife? By all means. But see, what happens, before you know it, he's taking that rope and he's got you bound, hand and foot. And there's nothing in your human strength you can do to break loose of those bonds. And I know, I tried. Lord, I tried. I would say, that's it, I'm not drinking anymore. And I would have a small season of success and then he would yank that rope and I was right back at it. Or I'm not going to look at something on the computer or I'm not going to cheat on my wife. I'm not going to mess with another man's wife. He'd yank on that rope and I was right back at it. And I used to have these imaginary conversations with Satan and, and he would say, you know what? You're right. You do need to give your life to Christ. Make no mistake, men and women, the devil knows who Jesus is. And he also knows the Bible. Because when he tempted Jesus in the wilderness, he knew enough about Scripture, Pastor Jeff, to just twist it a little bit, didn't he? That's what he does to us. But he would say, you do need to give your life to Christ. But to do that, you're going to have to tell your wife what you've been doing. You're going to have to tell your children what you've been doing. You're going to have to tell your church. I was going to church. You're going to have to tell your parents, your radio audience. Everybody's going to know what a fraud you've been. And are you ready for that to happen? And sadly, for a long time, the answer was no. But aren't you glad that we have a God who pursues us? And when I say pursue, folks, he pulled the rug out from under me. He knew that I was not going to tell everybody what I had been doing. So he did it for me. And when he yanked that rug, I went flipping head over heels cartoon style. In rapid succession, I lost everything that was a roadblock to my salvation. I lost the job at the Clemson radio station. I lost the baseball gig. I lost my status in the community. I lost my plans to leave my wife. I was living in a hotel at one point. It blew up a couple of times. First time I was sorry I got caught. And I told my wife, I said, the only way I'll go to counseling, and this is a God thing, Jeff. The only way I'll go to counseling is if we can find a Christian counselor. Because I don't know, I just thought maybe we wouldn't find one. But daggone it, you know we did. Kim McManus, what a wonderful lady. And she played such a role in God's plan for our marriage. That was December the 11th of... 2011, it blew up again on June 9th of 2012. And that's when I knew that I was about to lose it all. My children were disgusted with me. They left the house. My wife, Angela, had gone as far as she could go. There was a line drawn in the sand. And, and there are these indelible moments that you'll never forget. My oldest daughter, Samantha, was getting married in six weeks. And she's just beside herself with anger. She's hurt. I mean, I have, I've crushed these people that I love because of my behavior. She tears out of the house, jumps in her car. Our driveway slopes down to the road. She got down to the bottom of the driveway. She slammed on her brakes, flung the door open, marched herself back up the driveway. And she pointed a finger in my face and she said, you can forget about walking me down the aisle. Now, I have to circle back here because I tell that story and sometimes I forget and I forgot this morning in Clinton that by God's grace, I did get to walk her down the aisle six weeks later. But I'm getting ahead of myself. Men and women, I had hit bottom. I had gotten as low as I could go. So low that the only place that I could look was up. But you see, sometimes that's what it takes. Sometimes it takes having 
everything stripped away from you for you to realize the condition that you're in. And I remember looking up on June 10th of 2012 and there was Jesus with his arms wide open. He was saying, son, come home, come home. And in my parents' living room in West Virginia that morning, I did. I gave my life to Christ and it's the best decision that I've ever made. He forgave me. He changed me. You hear what I'm saying? He forgave me. And nothing Satan says or does can change that. No matter the guilt of the past, all those things he tries to bring up, he can't do anything about it. Because if God says we're forgiven, we're forgiven. And and I hear people say all the time, well, you know, I, I know God's forgiven me, but I just can't forgive myself. Poor pitiful me. I want to grab him and shake him. So you're telling me that your standards are higher than God's? Come on. If God's forgiven you, folks, you're forgiven. And, and just a thought. If you ever think that you're too far gone to be saved, that your sins or your lifestyle has been so, ga- uh, so bad that God will not accept you, then read the story of King Manasseh sometime. 2 Kings 21, 2 Chronicles 32 and 33. I'll kind of summarize it for you. Manasseh was the son of King Hezekiah. And Hezekiah, in the southern kingdom of Judah, had done remarkable work in turning the nation of Israel back to God. But when Manasseh became king, he made it his mission to undo everything that his dad had done. And he led Israel into blatant, willful disobedience. Billy Graham said that in his opinion, Manasseh was the most evil man who ever lived. And Billy Graham came into adulthood at the time when there was a guy named Hitler in Germany. Manasseh erected altars to Baal and Asherah. He built altars to other gods and the temple of the Lord. He sacrificed his own son by burning him on one of those altars. When the Bible says he passed him through the fire, he sacrificed his own son. He practiced witchcraft. He sought omens. He consulted mediums. He killed so many innocent people that the Bible says that blood ran from one end of Jerusalem to another. And I believe it said it was as high as a horse's leg. And while this isn't in the Bible, Jewish tradition says that Manasseh was the one who had the prophet Isaiah tied between two trees and sawed him in half. So as you know the history of the Israelites, disobedience, warning, judgment, repentance, wash, rinse, repeat, right? God finally had enough, and he sent the Assyrians to conquer Judah. And they took Manasseh away. Again, I believe the Bible says they put a ring in his nose, attached a chain to it, and they marched him 1,500 miles away to Babylon, and they threw him in a dungeon. And while he was in that dungeon, do you know that Manasseh had the gall to start to be sorry for what he had done and repent of his sins? He had the unmitigated gall to ask God to forgive him. If you were God, what would you do? Thankfully, nobody in here is God. What would you have done, though, to this man who had done so much evil, killed so many people, maybe one of your family members? Maybe one of your children. And it caused the nation to be conquered. You know what God did? God heard his prayer and he forgave him. And not only did he forgive him, but he put him back on the throne in Judah. And Manasseh then began to get rid of the pagan gods he had established and he led the nation back to worship of the one true God. So if God will do that for Manasseh, He'll do that for you, whoever you are in here today. Now, one quick note. I I always feel duty-bound to say this. Later on, when Israel was conquered again, pretty much for good this time, it was largely because of the sins of Manasseh that he led Israel in. Years later, they came back to haunt Israel again. And the way that I like to 
illustrate this is if Dan Scott goes out and robs a bank and gets caught and gets sentenced to 25 years in prison and two years into that 25-year sentence, I find Jesus. Repent of my sins. Ask Him to come into my life as Savior. He does. I'm saved. Heaven's books are wiped clean. I'm going to heaven. But I ain't getting out of jail. There are still consequences for sin. And I'm here to tell you, men and women, that my behavior led to some consequences that I had to deal with long after I gave my life to Christ. But the bottom line is, I know where my future is. And through the strength of Jesus, I can deal with anything that comes along. God's done a miracle in my life, folks. Several of them, in fact. If I hadn't given my life to Jesus on June 10th of 2012, I know for a fact that Angela and I would be divorced and I would probably be dead. My health and my behavior and everything was trending in that direction. I still struggle. Don't ever, ever let anybody tell you that living the Christian life is easy. I still have to throw myself at the mercy of Jesus to carry me through things that I don't have the strength to get through myself. And some of you, no doubt, I'm sure, listened to Dr. David Jeremiah, who's a wonderful preacher and teacher of God's Word. In a message some time ago, he said this, quote, The Christian life is not just about fellowship and forgiveness. It's also about fighting the war. The forgiveness of past sins has got to be followed by the deliverance from present sins. If you're not at war, he said, now listen to this. If you're not at war, you might not even be a Christian. I don't think it's possible to be a believer and not be at war in your heart. Even though I'm a Christian, even though my life has been dramatically and drastically changed, I'm human and I still have that old sin nature. And it'll be that way until I get to heaven in my glorified body in a place that's 100% free from sin and 100% ruled by the power, glory, and majesty of Jesus Christ. But until then, I have to be on guard every single day. Show of hands, how many of you have heard somebody say, God will never give you more than you can handle? I won't ask you if you've said it yourself. What a crock. That's nowhere in the Bible. Nowhere. God will definitely allow things to happen beyond your strength. You know why? Because if we could handle everything ourselves, we wouldn't need a God. We wouldn't need a Savior. But we can't. And personally speaking... I need Him every day. And I can only tell you my own experience. When I got saved, my desire for alcohol went away just like that. And only on a rare occasion will Satan tempt me in that area. But in those other areas where I had the biggest struggle, pornography, sex, women, all of that stuff, those urges, that's a battle that I have to take to the foot of the cross every day. And sometimes multiple times a day because the devil knows my weakness. He knows where to attack. And I soon discovered that I couldn't withstand those attacks on my own. But see, I don't have to. Because I've got Jesus and I've got the Holy Spirit living in here. He's the strength I don't have and he fights battles that I can't win. And now whenever Satan tempts me, and let me tell you here, young and old alike, it happens every single day. Every single day. Sometimes multiple times a day. I pray for God to filter my thoughts, to put blinders on my eyes, and to help me remain faithful to the woman that I love. And for almost 11 years since that June day in 2012 when I gave Christ my life, He's been faithful to me, and I've been faithful to her. He won't always remove the source of temptation or keep us from going through difficult times, but He is always, always faithful to provide a way out. He'll walk with us through the difficult times and there are times that He'll carry us when we don't have the strength to walk on our own. You know, I don't know the heart of everyone here tonight. 
So what I want to leave with you in this next few minutes is this. Jesus loves you. He willingly came to earth in human form, lived a sinless life, died on the cross as a perfect sacrifice for your sins, for my sins, for the sins of the whole world. He rose on the third day victorious over sin and death. And right now he sits on the right hand of the Father in heaven, making intercession because he wants a relationship with you. He's paved the way. The gift is free. And all you have to do is accept it. And that can be difficult to grasp sometimes. It's ironic that you had the men's choir here, Jeff, because as men, especially many of us anyway, we've been taught that we have to work for everything that we get. And if it's broke, we have to fix it. Well, my wife will tell you, we had a ceiling fan that broke the other day and I tried to fix it. It's more broke now than it was when I got started. But when it comes to salvation, there's nothing that we can do. No amount of work, no good deeds, no charitable donations, nothing. Jesus has already done it. He's fulfilled the requirement and he's paid the penalty. And all we have to do, it's so simple. And I made this so hard for so long. But literally, all you have to do, confess that you're a sinner in need of a Savior. Recognize that Jesus is that Savior and ask him to forgive you of your sins and come and live in your heart. And if you'll do that, and not just say it, but, but really mean it, then you can experience what the Bible calls joy unspeakable and full of glory. It's a free gift, but it's a gift you have to ask for. So I'm asking you, if you're here tonight and you don't know Christ as your Savior, will you do that tonight? If you're not sure that if you died tonight, that you would be with Jesus in heaven, will you make the most important decision that you can ever make by accepting Christ as your Lord and Savior? You may have questions. You may have problems understanding it all intellectually. I can promise you right now, you'll never understand it intellectually. All of it. Mentioned Dr. David Jeremiah. Mentioned my dad. 50 plus years I'm sure Pastor Jeff will tell you there are things in this book that he still doesn't completely understand. But we're not supposed to understand it all. If we did, we wouldn't have to have faith. And Jesus talked about having the faith of a mustard seed. You know what a mustard seed is? It's a seed that's so small that it's practically invisible to the human eye. And yet you plant that seed and what happens? It grows into this huge, beautiful plant. And Jesus said, if you'll come to him with just that much faith, honestly seeking that relationship, that he'll come into your life and then you'll start to see that that small, almost invisible faith start to grow and blossom. And again, I don't know your hearts here tonight, but this is going to be appropriate for some of you. Everybody in this room tonight is going to make a decision one way or the other. You're going to say yes You're going to say no, or you're going to put off making the decision. But just remember to not to decide is to decide not to. There's no guarantee that any of us are going to see tomorrow, much less next week, next month, or next year. That's why the Bible knows nothing about a later salvation. The Bible says now is the accepted time. Today is the day of salvation. And you may never have another chance quite like this. Who knows how the Holy Spirit's going to move? We don't know. And if you're here tonight and you don't know Christ, you've got two voices speaking to you. One of them is the devil telling you, this guy's crazy. You've got plenty of time. Or maybe he's telling you that you've been too bad and God can't forgive you the way you are. You need to get yourself straightened out first. But the other voice is Jesus. And he's saying, come unto me, all ye who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Turn your burdens over to Christ. Give him your sins, your struggles, your anger, your shame, your inability to cope, your inability to forgive. Whatever it is, saved or unsaved, whatever is eating you up inside right now, take it to the foot of the cross and lay it there. 
Whatever it is, Jesus is asking you to come to him today. And whatever the battle is moving forward, he'll be with you every step of the way. Don't let your past rob you of a future with Jesus Christ. A future that guarantees you eternal life. That can start right here, right now, tonight. I'm going to pray and I'm going to turn it back over to Pastor Jeff. Heavenly Father, thank you for the opportunity to be gathered in your house here this evening. Thank you for each and every person and family who's represented here tonight. I just pray, God, that something that was said tonight resonates with somebody who needed to hear it. I don't know who it is. And I know they heard my voice audibly, but I again pray it's that small, still voice of Jesus that is knocking on their heart's door right now. Bless Pastor Jeff, bless this congregation, and everything we accomplish, we'll give you the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. We'll be back to close out this final show of 2023 in just a moment. Grand Slam Ministries exists to glorify Jesus Christ in multiple ways through this radio show and its accompanying online, digital, and video components through our sister websites, danscottshow.org and grandslamministries.org and through furthering our core missions, mentorship, and providing food and other necessities to children. None of this is possible without your prayers and support. By making a gift to Grand Slam Ministries today, You'll not only help with this program and keep it on this radio station, you'll help us grow our family of stations, allowing us to bring stories of God working in the lives of men and women everywhere to a larger audience. And at the same time, your gift will help us in the initial launch of those core mission programs. Grand Slam Ministries is in its infancy. We need your support. Will you help us today? Visit our website, GrandSlamMinistries.org and prayerfully consider a one-time or monthly gift today. And above and beyond anything else, please pray for our ministry. Thank you and God bless. Teenage boys and young men today are in crisis. Statistics show that a home without a father or male role model present is the single biggest indicator of poverty, behavior issues, drug and alcohol abuse, criminal activity, and yes, imprisonment. At Grand Slam Ministries, one of our core missions is developing a mentorship program to teach boys how to become strong Christian men and then teach those men to be the biblical husbands, fathers, and church and community leaders the Bible calls us to be. We need your prayers, we need your ideas, and we need your support. Visit our website, GrandSlamMinistries.org, to find out more about our mentorship mission and prayerfully consider how you may be able to assist us. Again, that website is GrandSlamMinistries.org. Follow us on social media. Search Grand Slam Ministries on Facebook and Grand Slam for God on Twitter. And don't forget Dan's personal and public figure sites on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You're listening to The Dan Scott Show, presented by Grand Slam Ministries. Final segment of the show, or final segment of 2023, if you can believe that. What is it about getting older that makes it seem like the, the clock is running double time. Time just continues to fly. And yet here we are. Good to have you with us. Thank you for tuning in. I, I hope that uh, you enjoyed the the uh, talk that we shared with you. Um, and more than anything, whether you enjoyed it or not, I hope that it impacted you in, in some way, especially if you don't know Christ as your Savior uh, because one of the devil's favorite tricks, as we talked about, is is continuing to bring up the past. And if you're not a child of God, telling you that, uh, well, you've been either too bad to get saved or you've got to get yourself cleaned up before you can, which uh, both are lies. And once you have given your life to Christ, he likes to bring up the past and make you feel guilty about things that you've already been forgiven for. 
Um, I just encourage you that if if you don't know Christ and if you have been delaying for whatever reason, uh, thinking that maybe you have been too bad or you do need to get cleaned up, it, it doesn't work that way. You bring your messy self to the cross and Jesus Christ will do the cleaning up for you. And, and then together through the power of the Holy Spirit, he will begin to change your life. So I just encourage you to think about that, to reach out to someone, reach out to me, Dan at danscottshow.org. If you have any questions or if you need someone to talk with you, to pray with you, if you don't have a, a, a local uh, pastor or a Christian friend you can trust, fire off an email to me and I would love to talk with you. Or we have a phone number for Grand Slam Ministries, 864-788-9596. We don't give it out very often because most people do everything through uh, email and online now, but 864-788-9596. I'll be more than happy to talk with you and to pray with you. All you have to do is reach out via email or you can give us a call. In our final couple of minutes here, I just want to remind you again that you still have an opportunity to make an impact on Grand Slam Ministries with a year-end gift. And we have this this goal that we've been talking about to come up with 200 people giving $25 a month and 200 people giving $10 a month. And if we can get to that goal, it will allow us to do everything that we want to do with this radio program. And, and he said, start getting our core missions funded. And coming off of our Christmas project this past week, uh, it's just been a reminder to me that you don't always need funding to get something rolling. And uh, sometimes it's, you know, the chicken or the egg. What do you need first? Well, we've already been doing some things in the mentorship area. We're going to be doing more uh, individually, more collectively, in our area here and just pray that God is going to open the doors that he wants opened. But as far as the radio show goes, I will tell you this, just as uh, maybe a little bit of an incentive, this show has already been approved to go on the air on Sirius XM's family talk station, station channel 131, the one that has all of the great teaching and preaching on it. This show has already been vetted. It's already been kicked upstairs. It's already been approved. The only thing that we're missing is the financing to get it on the air. If we could get to that 25 people giving $200, or no, well, that'd be nice too, but 200 people giving $25 a month and 200 giving $10 a month, we could get this show on satellite radio and let it start making an even greater impact. Let God start making an impact through the show. So just keep that in mind. Dan at danscottshow.org. There is a, a tab there or a tab at the Grand Slam Ministries page where you can make a donation and it will automatically generate a tax receipt for you through our Zephy platform. If a check is the way you want to do it, then by all means, make it out to Grand Slam Ministries and send it to us at P.O. Box 35 Central South Carolina 29630. P.O. Box 35 Central South Carolina 29630. Listen, have a safe and happy New Year's Eve transition into 2024, and we'll be back next week to start year two of the Dan Scott Show. Until then, I'm Dan. God bless you, and so long, everybody. <laughs>